0: My people, welcome back. You're listening to Rooted Souls. All right. So today, my guest is Ailey Williams Spooner. She is a positive psychologist and well-being consultant based in London, England. She uses a blend of positive psychology, law of assumption, cognitive behavioral coaching, and other mind-centered strategies in her practice. We're going to be talking about one of my favorite topics that is also one of the most multifaceted, misunderstood, and bastardized topics I know of in the New Age sector and spirituality. As human beings, we have a limited perspective, and therefore we can never fully understand all spiritual and universal truth. Even if we think that we get it, there's always another angle that we aren't aware of. We just, Mm -hmm. we're human. There's no way we could know everything, but what we can do is know enough to use it to our benefit, and that is what we'll be talking about today. So Ailey and I will be speaking both from our own personal perspectives, so just warning there, it's just our personal perspectives from our own years and years and years of study and experience and practice. So you may want to listen to this episode more than once because we are going
1: to be covering a lot today.
0: So welcome, Ailey. Thank you so much for joining me.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Excited to have
0: you. And I started this podcast one year ago. And this has been like my number one topic that I was very excited to speak on, but I hadn't yet felt like it was the right moment mm-hmm. or like I had the right person to talk to about it. So I'm honored to have you. Um you are so wise and so educated on mm-hmm. this topic. So I'm really excited to, to to co-create together today. And I just want to start um, with an introduction of what the reticular activation system is before we get started. Because to me, I believe that this is the root for all manifestation and really mm-hmm. all perception. So the RR, R- reticular activation system known as the RAS is a network of neurons located between the brainstem and the cortex. And it allows the brain to modulate between slow sleep rhythms and fast sleep rhythms, wakefulness and attention, arousal, muscle toning, and the ability to focus, as well as consciousness and motivation, which is why we're talking about it today on this episode. And like I said, since we can't possibly know everything, and we can't possibly take in all the stimuli available to us in our environment all at once, the RAS acts as a filter for our brain based on what we think is most important moment to moment and also what patterns of thinking are most dominant and what we're most used to. So Mm -hmm. for instance, if I ask you now to pay attention to the air on your skin or the bottom of your foot, you can now become aware of it when a moment ago you were totally unaware of it. And so that's the R-A-S in motion. And another very common example um, that I've heard over and over again for years is if you're shopping for a new make and model and color of car, or you just purchase one or any item, you start seeing it everywhere. So again, that's the R-A-S system working. And I'd say an even more talked about phenomenon, or I'd say one of the most commonly asked questions I see in spirituality forums, which we'll get deeper into um is repeating numbers or so-called angel numbers. Um, yep. <clears throat> so I just wanted to start with that because the RAS is kind of the scientific backing for the spiritual concepts that we'll be talking about today. Mm-hmm. So maybe Good. we should maybe we should start with angel numbers.
1: Yeah, let's start with angel numbers. They're such a talked about topic. Come up so many times, like seeing 222, 444, 888, so you know, lucky numbers or spiritual numbers. So they are such a common thing in a lot of conversations about like, are they a good sign? Are they not a good sign? When are they coming up? Are they are they signaling something happening? So yeah, what do you think about angel numbers?
0: So when I see people ask, what does this angel number mean? <clears throat> And the person responding will either say what they believe it to mean, or they'll direct them to a website to go look up common <clears> definitions of it. I kind of like smack my head because it only means what you want it to mean. Now, I'm of, okay. a, I'm of two beliefs here. One is that you're seeing it more because mm-hmm. of your reticular activation system, because you're looking for it. Your brain is looking for it. You you believe it to be important. So your brain is scanning for it. and exactly. And it shows up more for me. and mm-hmm. I, I know for many others who are on the spiritual path. And so what I mean by that is you could be staring at a computer screen all day where there are numbers promised to you you're gonna see the time you're gonna see um you know it in text that you're reading the numbers are promised there. so it's not that mm-hmm. amazing that you see it one 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 every day it, it's very probable. However, if a delivery person shows up at my house and they have, you know, an embroidered number on their chest, that wasn't promised, right? Yeah. Or yeah. an example, I'd say the most profound example I've ever experienced with numbers is somebody very important to me. And mm-hmm. when I found out this person's address, uh, they said it was 44 Angel Road. And I thought that they were messing with me because mm-hmm. I thought that they, for you know, knew that I love 444s. I've always thought that was the most juicy number. Um, and these mm-hmm. are called angel numbers. Now where it got really spooky is a few months later when I was taking a, a left out of that ad or right out of that actress. When I always had previously taken a left, I noticed that the very next road was Rebecca Lane. And so yes, my brain is scanning for these things but also the fact that they're happening in very bizarre and strange ways is you know not Mm -hmm. something you can make up
1: Mm -hmm. so yes that's the case it's yes yes and no it's a it's a mixture it really depends but as you said everything means what you think it means there is no inherent meaning to absolutely anything even in society we give things meanings Even words. Words are just things that we've given meanings and now given importance. So when you see a number, if you want it to be something lucky, like a four-leaf clover, that's, I believe, Irish history, the four-leaf clover. Mm -hmm. It wasn't lucky before someone picked it up and thought, wow, this is pretty. This must be lucky. (laughs) So it's the same with a number. But as you said, if you're seeing it in scenarios and situations where you generally would not see something, of that type or of that similarity to the thing that you would intend to see or you hope to see or you would love to see like four 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 two 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 and interestingly i love the number four as well i love twos and i love fours they're my favorite two types of numbers me too. <laughs> for some reason so yeah when it's me too um, yeah it's really weird here isn't we it? go right this is how it starts <laughs> mm-hmm. and-
0: unless you have more to say about that maybe this is a good segue into the law of attraction the law of belief law of assumption because um what are the chances that you would say you love 444 222s 4, 4, 2, 2, most people i know love 1111 11, right so again very simple it's meaningless but however we do attract the patterns that have most meaning to us
1: mm-hmm. yeah we do we It's, it's, how do we start with this? How do we start? Do we start with law of attraction, law of assumption?
0: I think I want to start by saying that law of attraction is the most common um, Mm. law that people refer to when they want to manifest something. And I'd say most people don't even think about the fact that there's much more than one law in the universe. There's many laws in the universe, but when it comes to manifestation, the most prominent is law of attraction, law Mm -hmm. of belief, and law of assumption, So the the difference is, and I love you to chime in afterwards to share your perspective, the law of attraction is what I'm vibrating at, what I'm feeling, I attract. Mm -hmm. Now, this is very surface because moods change like that. So if you are feeling good, right, the idea is you're going to attract good. But it's not always that simple because we also have beliefs and assumptions much more deeply rooted. So it isn't that straightforward and it's fleeting. So if we have negative beliefs or assumptions, those attract things we attract are are most often temporary and can actually spin people out because they're getting inconsistent results. So when I was doing a lot of mindset coaching with people, one thing I wanted to warn them about is the roller coaster because there's Mm -hmm. beginner's luck, right? As soon as you find out about this, you start noticing synchronicities everywhere and all of a sudden everything's going well and then there's a crash. Because what happens is when we get to new levels, it's as if we're ready to learn more about ourselves and learn more about our journey. So if there's stuff underneath there that's ready to be untangled, it's going to slap us in the face. Now, of course, this is one perspective and it's not the be all, but this is one way to look at it. And then with the law of assumption and law of belief, whatever we are functioning on at a sub functioning on on a subconscious level, we start to experience those patterns in our life. And this is where it gets very complex, because it isn't just about our own experience, it takes into consideration other people, um, other beings, other entities. So it, you know, there's some misconception in the law of assumption community law of belief community that no one else has free will. I disagree with that. Um, But it is an interesting way to define the mechanics behind it, because we will draw out different versions of people based on who we are. And that's why, you know, one individual could be very cranky towards one person or very happy toward another because they're bringing out different versions of them. Mm -hmm. So our subconscious belief and our belief about ourself, our self-concept is going to be. Um, really paramount to identify and look at when we're working with the law of belief and law of assumption. And those, with those laws, you can actually train yourself to be a different version of yourself. And I feel with the law of attraction, it's more like fleeting and an airy fairy and um, just much more dainty. Mm -hmm. Um, It it just comes and goes. Whereas these other laws are much more um, reacting to deeply rooted ingrained neural pathways and Uh, Belief systems. Mm.
1: There's so much to talk about. (laughs) There's so much to talk about. There's just, oh, there were so many keywords there that was just pinging in my brain as you were talking. So, yeah, the law of assumption does have a lot of association around emotions and just feeling good all the time. And of course, that means that at times you repress. You repress negative emotions, you ignore them, and they always have the saying of, like, what you resist will persist, and yet there's a lot of resistance in that, in a lot of the teaching around the law of attraction. And in terms of the law of assumption, it does get more into beliefs and, of course, assumptions, but there's also a bit of a miscommunication about The difficulty of beliefs and the difficulties of assumptions, because when we hear a belief, we think, oh, this must be something that's deep and ingrained. But when you break down a belief, a belief is just a thought that you have repeated until you've accepted and it's hardened into fact for you. That is all that a belief is. So to build a belief, you break it down into your thoughts. Your thoughts are your assumptions and you repeat it or you support it with evidence or things that you believe are evidence in your life. And that is how you build a belief. But there is just so much to talk about <laughs> when it comes to both those areas. So it's really interesting because it does come back to the reticular activation system in, in order of like, if you have a thought and you want to build a habit, then you know the reticular activation system, it learns over time. And it will alert you to things that are important. As you said, you can't focus on absolutely everything at one time. So that's a way that it helps you to build a habit is by like highlighting what's important in your environment or in your relationships or in the situation in order to build that belief system and build that habit because it supports, it supports the thought that you're having. In psychology, you can only really have thoughts of things that support the belief that you're having. So if you believe that the sky is blue, Again, like, it's a really basic belief. It's a you know, if we all believed the sky was red, we would probably only see like sunsets and sunrises. That would be like the main time that people were actually engaging with the world. You know, something would change in order for us to experience the world in a way that it supports the belief that we have. So, you know, when you have a belief that um, someone doesn't like you and they can give you a compliment, but if you don't think that they, if you think they don't like you, that compliment can come across as so backhanded and so just like non-genuine, like uh, they say your hair looks nice and suddenly you're thinking, ah, oh, what do they mean by that? What do they mean? <laughs> as if it doesn't mean the thing that it says that it is because you automatically try to support your belief system with everything you experience in the world. The sky is blue and the sky is red. It's kind of a weird example. <laughs> but I was trying to make it a bit more basic in terms of fundamentals
0: that was a really good example because I was like how is she going to spin this <laughs> what if the sky <laughs> what if somebody believed the sky was a different color how could she spin that and you mm-hmm. you, you hit it on the head they may only go out during sunset mm-hmm. so this is most often subconscious that people make choices that end up reiterating their belief. And just as you said, with the perception of a compliment, if -hmm. they have a belief that this other person doesn't like them, they're gonna hear it a certain way. And I'd say the most often times for miscommunication is through text because they say 90% of communication is through body language. And if Mm -hmm. you also lose intonation and voice, then you are reading the text purely through your filter, purely through your assumptions. And so, I mean, I've seen it so many times where somebody thought, you know, somebody was saying one thing and the other recipient had a completely different experience of the text exchange. And I'd say, you know, sometimes most often it's men and women, like they just Mm -hmm. see it totally different. Um, And this comes down to people's perception. And there Mm -hmm. is a loop of self-talk, inner dialogue, proof, belief, and it goes around and around and around. And, um, this pattern recognition is something that becomes so normal to us. We, we may not even realize we're doing it until somebody points it out. And so with the law of belief and law of Mm -hmm. assumption, it's really about recognizing where the patterns that don't serve you and what would be a more preferable pattern. And then choosing the new pattern. And this can seem like delusion for people, but I'd say that being a human is mostly a delusional experience. And so it's, you know, would you rather just be um, predicting bad things to happen or predicting good things to happen? Because anything we have in our imagination hasn't happened yet. And we Mm -hmm. can choose to dwell on positivity or choose to dwell on pessimism and people might say well I I was staying optimistic and something bad happened so it doesn't work Mm -hmm. so what's happening when it doesn't work doesn't work with quotes
1: Ooh, what's happening when it doesn't work well it depends on what angle of perception you're coming from when you're looking at it because there could be a thousand and one reasons why something isn't working, but all that matters is why you personally think that something isn't working. So a lot of the time when someone, for example, some of my clients, when they're changing a habit or a thought pattern, they might think that they're doing something wrong. And that can come down to their experience of I've tried all of these other things and those things hadn't changed and that sometimes is due to lack of persistence. So sometimes you have to keep going at something until it does feel normal. It has become a new thought pattern or a new habit. And that's when you start to see the result. Or it's the case that they've been online, they've seen on the forums, they've seen everybody else doing these 101 other things. And because those are the people who have reported having a success with those strategies, they think that what they're doing is wrong. So what is wrong and what is right? that's such a big question but it always comes down to that it always comes down to how you feel personally about what you're doing if you think you will be successful with what you're doing you'll be right if you think you'll fail with what you're doing again you'll be right I think there's a quote mm-hmm. whether you think you can or you think you can't you are right something yes. of the variation and that is a hundred percent true <laughs> it's it comes down to your personal beliefs about what you're doing which is again when you talked about, being delusional pessimism is a habit Mm -hmm. (laughs) optimism is a habit resilience is a habit all of these things we're not born automatically optimistic we'll have a moment a defining moment in our childhood where we have the opportunity to either be to be optimistic or be pessimistic and something in our environment we will perceive it as either supporting our optimism or being against it And that's what builds us up to be either really optimistic, like everything's gonna go well, everything's okay, especially when other people are then reflecting that back to you of like, yes, keep that going. You know, it really, really is all habit building (laughs) and habit building and faith and encouraging yourself, supporting yourself. Because if you're supporting and encouraging yourself, other people will support and encourage you too. You know you won't accept anybody that's not going to support and encourage you if you're determined to support and encourage yourself <laughs> so yeah it's a bit of a i
0: i am thinking of two things that are like foundational behind this and one is the concept of self mm-hmm. and one is the belief in the physical world more okay. than the internal world and mm-hmm. time can come into play here because I mean, I've heard from a million different spiritual teachers over the decades that time is an illusion. And in, you know, I get it theory, theory- I had previously had it theor- theoretically, and now I really have integrated it because change can happen in an instant, but that doesn't mean it doesn't take um a series of events or a series of evolution within yourself to get that. But once you get it, the change is an instant and time can collapse. And, mm-hmm. you know, a good example for time collapse is probably, well, I'm not sure this is an example of time collapse, but for me, it feels similar where a mother will have a baby and it, it'll be exhausting and painful. And once that, that segment of time is over, she forgets the pain and all she, you know, remembers or is aware of is the love for the baby and she might want to have another one and forget how mm-hmm. terrible it is because our brains have this way of shifting state um and shifting awareness. Right. So just with that optimism and pessimism, um, focusing on the current reality or the reality you want is going to direct you in a whole new place. Or if you're always focusing on the negative and seeking it, you're going to behave differently. You're going to speak differently. You're going to choose differently. And it's going to affect the the future. So Mm -hmm. the self-concept right, is about how we experience ourselves, what we believe to be true about ourselves. And if we don't feel worthy, if we don't feel um, good about ourselves or feel like we're a good person or feel like we're capable, we're going Mm -hmm. to keep choosing behaviors or getting into situations that prove that to be true and I've found that at the basis for all manifestation the self-concept is the most important bottom level thing that is going to impact what happens or doesn't happen and it's oftentimes the most overlooked because when somebody wants to manifest they're thinking about something
1: other than self yes yeah (laughs) So I got excited when you started talking about self-concept. I got so excited. (laughs) So for my masters, because I did the masters in applied positive psychology and coaching psychology, my research project looked at the effect of coaching on self-concept and self-esteem. There is a bit of a misconception about (laughs) self-concept. We think it is such a stable thing. It's not stable like when we're doing research on it we can't even call it technically the self-concept we have to measure the working self-concept which is only the self-concept that is present at that moment of the research because it fluctuates so much working self-concept online self-concept there's so many different variations and your self-concept isn't only you that is the core is the core of everything but people forget that self-concept is in relation to everything in your life. It is you with your partner, it is you with your house, it is you with your family, you with your work, you in everything. (laughs) Because fundamentally, and fundamentally you, hey, (laughs) it is fundamentally about you Because you take you in every element of your life. There's never a point where you are walking off without yourself. (laughs) You know, you never go to work without yourself. You never go on a date without yourself. So the state that you're in, how you feel about yourself, as you said, how worthy you're feeling, how confident you're feeling, how good you're feeling. That will affect how you act. It will affect how you perceive things. And that is the key thing. Because everything comes down to your perception. So, in NLP, neurolinguistic programming, similar to the reticular activation system, so many big words, (laughs) Mm -hmm. it talks about your perceptual filter. And that's the filter that you have on your life. And that will affect your perception. And of course, your perception will affect your responses, your reactions. Your reactions will affect your behavior. And your behavior is essentially your actions. So, if you are coming from a self-concept that is not supportive or something that you would want to experience, you will react in a way that will not support you in having what you want. You will act in a way that will that will sabotage it. That's where self-sabotage can also come into it from my perspective. Because if you're thinking, I'm not worthy of this job, for example, watch watch that job interview watch how that job interview goes down because it will not be the way that you necessarily want it to you might come out thinking oh that was a little bit better than I expected but there's no way you're going to come out with thinking aha yes I aced that that was great and there's no way that the other person sitting across the table is going to feel that confidence either so it really comes down to your perception and your perception about yourself is the key as you said but a lot of the times we, we want to focus on the other person or the other situation or the job or the money or the house or being famous forgetting that we would be present in all of those scenarios anyway in all of those situations
0: it's really important that you said that it's not static mm-hmm. because first of all I should have prefaced this a bit at the beginning if any practitioner or or guide or coach or educator tells you that you can master manifestation, they're lying. Mm
1: -hmm. It is
0: something that you need to practice, learn, relearn, practice over and over again for the rest of your life. Because the moment you stop nurturing your self-concept, old habits and patterns are gonna come back in because Mm -hmm. the brain prefers comfortable and familiar over good. Like good, yes. doesn't, good and bad doesn't matter. Happy, <laughs> sad doesn't matter to the brain. The brain wants mm-hmm. familiar. Mm-hmm. And so I've been a man, manifesting coach off and on for years. And I have, um, you know, believed in it and and stood behind it and then stepped back because I took more courses in trauma coaching and felt like, you know, I was supporting people to be too positively thinking when really they had to go do their shadow work. And I've come full circle with it because I watched in my own personal life, um, subconscious beliefs coming up. And it's like, you've, (laughs) you think, you know, a lot, you think you've done the work and then something comes up and triggers you. And this old belief system pops up and a manifestation happens that you did not see coming. Mm
1: -hmm. And here you are
0: human again. So, um, when I found the law of assumption, the law of belief, I realized why the law of attraction felt so damaging, because I see so many people um, try to manifest with law of attraction, but they've got trauma, they're in PTSD, or they're in active addiction, or they're trying to modulate uh, having been an addict, and they're sober now, but they're they haven't fully become in touch with their feelings. And so they're trying to hold it together. But there's a lot of feelings under the surface that they haven't addressed. So I find that there's a balance between doing trauma work and and having a space to feel emotions and then a space for re- rewiring the brain. So I'd love mm-hmm. you to talk about how do you t- determine when it's appropriate to do which and how do they impact each other?
1: So working on yourself or in terms of acknowledging something that you've been through that's difficult or that was painful that you didn't like, it's just part of the process so it's not i don't i don't think it's necessarily a case of separation i feel like when you acknowledge that occasionally dealing with emotions and situations or feelings that you don't like is part of the process you don't try to rush through it as much when you when you don't separate them and think okay, working through my emotions is A and getting the things that I want is B. There's no reason to try and get from A to B really, 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 really quickly. The analogy that i like to use is similar to the roller coaster. It's like the wave. So, you know, you do really well. You're building up, the wave is peaking and then something will happen. You have a thought, something's triggering you and you kind of go back down to shore and then you go back out, you reflect you take your time you focus you build yourself back up you peak and then something else may come back up and once you acknowledge that there will be high moments and lower moments the low moments aren't as scary because you're there and you understand that this will pass you'll get through this it's not something that's going to be permanent unless you decide you want to stay there and that is that is the struggle that some clients have is that they're in this low place because you think oh, I should be doing 101 other things. 101 is my new favorite word for today. (laughs) (laughs) You think you should be doing other things and you try to rush getting out of it instead of just truly sitting with yourself and just being like, okay, this is where I am. Acknowledging where you are and how you're feeling is one of the most powerful things that you can ever do for yourself because you don't have to like how you're feeling and you don't have to like where you are. But once you acknowledge it, it stops being so scary once you actually just look at it and see that the emotions you're feeling generally is a protective mechanism you generally have the fear and the sadness and the emotion because your mind is trying to say something needs to change here or something's triggering me and this emotion needs to be dealt with so that we can move forward once you kind of take that time for yourself and you know that yes once I've looked at this I can move forward you don't feel as bad in that moment because you know where you're going. You know this is just a temporary stop at a train station and your train is coming anyway. You are stranded in the middle of nowhere like in a rubber dinghy. (laughs) If we're going back to like the, the sea analogy, everything's still working and this is just part of the process of it. So that's my kind of view of it it's not a scary thing even though it feels horrible because I personally have been that resort I've had moments where I'm like oh this is not fun I do not want to be here right now oh do I have to look at it I really don't want to <laughs> but once you do look at it generally things seem a lot more scary than they actually are
0: <laughs> and it's the meaning we make of it exactly so th- the only constant is change right and when we're in those uncomfortable places it can feel like this is it. It's Mm -hmm. daunting because you can't be, you know, thinking about how it it could change or how it could be different. It's, this is not what I like and it has to be different or else it's going to, I'm going to be stuck here forever. And I'd say that when people are feeling that way, when I'm feeling that way, it's, well, what is my self-concept around it? I Mm -hmm. am worthy of of having hard emotions I can sit with it and the universe isn't going to punish me so this is where there's flaw in the idea Mm -hmm. of the law of attraction because feeling negative doesn't mean you can't manifest what you want honoring Mm -hmm. yourself no matter what you're feeling now that is where you can manifest whatever you want so if you are having a human experience and it doesn't feel so hot but you can love yourself through it and recognize that you deserve the time you need to sit through it and recognize that you're strong enough to get through it right and that getting through it will lead to better right making (laughs) making meaning out of wow if I give myself the space and time to evolve through this I'll be even better on the other side of it and when we (laughs) let go of that resistance like you said sometimes it can change in an instant but it's the the resistance that can really perpetuate it
1: yeah yeah I think that's all I wanted to say about that. Yeah, and we're stronger than we generally think we are. If you actually allow yourself to have that time, you're far stronger than you think you are.
0: All right, I know where I want to go next. So the other piece of this that I see a lot of law of assumption teachers talking about is that you are God. You create everything. And this (laughs) sets people up for a couple um, of mindsets that are really... Sabotaging. One is that there isn't external forces that are benevolent and assisting you. You have to do it all on your own. And if you're experiencing things that you don't like, you, it's your fault. You created it. So I just want to invite people to consider that for thousands of years, hundreds of thousands of years, hundreds, thousands of years, people have thought there was a God. Mm -hmm. And religion has been a form of access to this spirit. Um, I think I have resisted the idea of God because religion doesn't resonate with me. It feels a lot more separating and disempowering than empowering and, and connective. Mm -hmm. Um, but tapping more and more into this process over and over again and recognizing that prayers do get answered, that circumstances do meet me where I need to be met, that the right people show up to support me, that the right tools show up when I'm ready. There is an external force, there is a universal force that I have started calling God because it's easy, and that you don't have to do it all on your own. And other people can be held accountable. It's not all your fault if people act in ways that are disrespectful. Um, you can you know, expect the best of people, you can intend the best of people. But if you are in experiences where there's abuse present or disrespect, you're also allowed to hold those people accountable and take care of yourself and create healthy boundaries. So I think it can get pretty dangerous when people start educating that you create everything. However, I think Sometimes there's benefit if you're trying to train your mind into recognizing how manifestation works. If, you, if you're if you very resistant to the fact that you have any control, then that can help you get over the hump. But I'd say if people are taking it literally, it can be actually a little dangerous.
1: There's quite a few variations that I've seen with those beliefs. So there is, honestly extremes in anything are generally not great and so it's everything in moderation and it all comes down to how you're applying something so if you want to follow Neville Goddard's teachings and he explains how your imagination is essentially god that's my Mm -hmm. understanding of his writing and I can understand why he says that but it depends on your perception of what God means to you So, you know, in some religions, God is a all powerful, sometimes generally male entity who you have to ask permission from and ask forgiveness from. And there is a lot of um, difficulties that come with religion, depending, you know, people have some very positive experiences of religion. Some people don't. It just, again down to your perception, down to your experiences that you've had. And then there's the like the other side that's very much everything's my fault. And the balance is always self-compassion. Self-compassion and self-kindness will help you navigate what you believe in terms of that. Does it feel right and does it feel comfortable for you to take on board everything? and some people like that they're like Mm -hmm. oh yes I've got the power yay I don't need anything this is wonderful and it's like yeah go you that's supporting you that's helping you who am I to say that is wrong for you other people suddenly it's a whole load of pressure especially if you've had trauma or you've had really really horrible things happen to you to take that on board and say actually yes again that that was all my fault to say that is so triggering and such a deep thing to have to work through that whole thought process so it's all about taking what works for you and leaving what doesn't so these teachers that say oh it has to be one way specifically and I know you have a very good point about this (laughs) why why does it have to be one way specifically just because we found a way or you found a way that really works for you Does that mean that someone else hasn't found a way that really works for them? You know, where is their imagination in this? And considering imagination is so important, why can't we say if someone has come up with an amazing idea of a different perception? Because technically, Neville Goddard's teachings would have been a new amazing perception of the Bible, of manifestation, of assumptions. So why does there have to be everybody thinks exactly the same about it? Even though I do believe it comes down to habit building and persistence and understanding your perceptions, all of them come back to that technically. Understanding your role in your life and how much power you actually do have over your life. Those are repeating and consistent things that definitely But understanding those can help you. But the things about like you have control over absolutely everything, yes, empowers you (gasps) until it doesn't. And when it starts to not empower, that's when you let it go. (laughs) Everybody has a different boundary, a different limit. But as you said, express your boundaries. If you're coming from a place of, I'm worthy of respect. I'm worthy of my time being valued. I'm good enough to have the things that I want. When you shift into that state of being and things around you no longer resonate with you or no longer reflect that new state that you're experiencing, especially if you were in the state of, I'm not worthy, I'm not good enough, I'm having difficulties with things and people don't like me and I'm not in the relationship I want. When you're in that state, shifting into a new state, of course, things are not going to look exactly like you'd want them to initially, because you're going to start to notice the people that disrespect your time. And you're starting to notice the lack of value that people are giving to you because that was how you were existing before. So there will always be a discrepancy, but then once you're in that state of that goodness and that empowerment and that confidence, you can set your boundary. Why not? Why would you not? When that is an action from the state of being that you now exist in, you should act from your state and things will mirror. So that was a lot to take in.
0: That I have an example
1: for. I don't know what you were referring to before. Do you remember? So it was the one shoe doesn't really fit all (laughs) in terms of Neville Goddard. And yeah, I mean, so Mm -hmm.
0: there's Neville Goddard, Joseph Murphy and Florence Scovelshin, and they all reference the Bible and Mm -hmm. growing up Jewish. I still identify as a cultural Jew. That was a little uncomfortable, but I was curious about the tools. Now Neville Goddard talks about the Bible as a metaphor. And Mm -hmm. that none of it's literal and that anytime a woman is mentioned, it's the subconscious mind. Anytime a a male is, is mentioned, it's the conscious mind. Um, and that all of that, yes, that God is your imagination and Mm -hmm. Neville Goddard believes in, um, self-concept, right. And, Mm -hmm. and affirmations and Joseph Murphy focuses more on imagination. So Mm -hmm. he'll encourage people to meditate till they feel like they're falling asleep and then come up with visualizations. Florence Mm -hmm. Shin, as far as I know, uh, she likes intention setting, um, and uses words for, you know, creating reality based on words, which is essentially witchcraft. It's spell casting. Your word is your wand and it, and words do hold power. They can bring people up or, you know, shut them down. And when we speak something, it does come into existence. So People can consciously manifest, which is what we're talking about. But every moment, every experience in the entire universe is a manifestation. It's Mm -hmm. happening whether you're trying to or not. And that's why patterns happen in lives, in people's lives. That's why people get into similar relationship patterns with different people. It's why um, when you go back to your family, after you haven't seen them for a while, all of a sudden you start reverting back to the old version of you because they expect it. It's because you're used to it. And you're like, oh, I can't believe I acted that way. Because energy does create, right? And, and narrative Mm -hmm. does create and, um, history does repeat itself unless we choose to, to shift and change it. Um, so yeah, in terms of the shoe fitting or not, I think that, Mm -hmm. you know, just based on where a person is at, something might resonate or not based on your evolution, you know, for me, I've stepped into conscious manifestation and stepped out and you better believe when things didn't go so well, all of a sudden I started seeking for it again and forgetting how powerful our thoughts are Mm -hmm. and being really mindful because honestly, it, it takes effort. It does. Mm -hmm. It it takes intention. And so it can be as simple as I intend for this podcast to reach those that it will help. And Mm -hmm. I let it go, or it can be as hard as, um, you know, people say, you know, intending, I'm going to get this job. I'm going to get this job and getting this job. And then they can't stop obsessing about it. And then weeks are passing and they're not getting a call back. There is a balance of surrender and action. Mm-hmm. And so people who say manifestation doesn't work, but they don't take any action are cutting themselves short because we are human beings with hands and voices and brains and we can take action. So, just sitting back and expecting everything to happen for us may not be the most successful way to do it. And having to force everything and try to change people's minds and convince people and, you know, put everything into physical action also isn't allowing the magic to happen either. Mm-hmm. And Ailey and I will be doing an entire episode on the ins and outs of taking action during manifestation. So if you want to um, be notified when that episode posts, um, you can subscribe to Rooted Souls on whatever platform you're listening to it on. And you should get a notification uh, when we do record that one.
1: I completely agree with that. And I think the way you said it before is that Neville was human. Oh, right. Thank you. A
0: human being has their perception, and this is my problem with the psychic industry, and I was a very good professional psychic. I have ethics and integrity, and I would not ever leave a call without empowering somebody, and I was very intentional not to cause harm. However, the reason I stopped is because people need to be their own authority of perception, and as soon as you're going to somebody else to tell you what is true for you, you have handed your power away. So mm-hmm. Neville Goddard has an incredible perception that offers tools that can enhance your life if, if they resonate. And he is just one dude who downloaded a lot of amazing insight and he offered it for free um, through lots of, lots of written and recorded material. However, it's just him. So if parts of it don't resonate, nothing's wrong with you. You just have a different perception and nothing's wrong with him for believing this to be true because it worked for him. Um, At the end of the last part, you shared something about like perception and seeing things mirrored back to you. Um, I'm in a good amount of spiritual Facebook groups and I often in in astrology groups and things. And I often see people say, oh, I'm feeling so dense and so tired this weekend. What's going on in the astrology or does anybody else feel it? And then you see 200 people say me too, me too, me too. Well, yeah, the people who are feeling it are going to respond that way, and then you've confirmed your reality that there's something dense happening in the universe to give you validation for your experience. One, you don't need that. like your your experience is valid whether or not other people are feeling that way. And two, you didn't ask the alternative. Mm-hmm. You know, is anything benevolent happening? Is there any good energy I can tap into to remind me that I don't have to stew in these feelings? So, I always find that so interesting, and I and I'm going to be using the link to this episode every time I see somebody ask about angel numbers. What does it mean? I'm seeing eleven eleven everywhere. Well, it means what you, like you think. Me. Yeah, it means that you are tapping in to your particular activation system, and you're tapping into the magic of the universe. And you're probably going to see more of it in miraculous ways because when you set the intention, the universe does respond. And it can be quite um, supportive and, and, and confirming. And it's also really comforting if you are feeling a lack of faith. And if you are not being mindful of your negative thinking, it's gonna, it could feel like a nightmare because you're seeing all of this evidence that things aren't working for you and all of this evidence of negativity and all of this evidence of people always leave me or people always reject me or people treat me disrespectfully. And like you said earlier, it can change very quickly. Um, you know, even with a, you know, say you you're um, going to a grocery store over and over again, and you see one cashier who's always cranky, just one day saying, tend for that cashier to be in a good mood. And you could walk in and all of a sudden they're cheery and Mm -hmm. seeing these things happen. So I'd say that when people don't negate it too much when they're open to it, but they're not too set on it with the flexibility and the trust and the face that what faith that whatever is happening is happening in my favor and go into manifestation with curiosity and not trying to prove anything, then mm-hmm. you can see a lot of synchronicity and nothing is consistent in this universe. Mm-hmm. And I see, you know, people who criticize astrology because it hasn't always been accurate. Neither has scientific research, nothing in this universe, as far as we're aware of, is consistent or
1: permanent. That is so true. And it actually makes me think of when I'm doing lab reports or psychological research, we have something where we can't necessarily define cause and effect. So we can't say that one variable has definitely had effect on the other one or that the other variable has been the one to affect the original variable. We can't definitely say A has affected B because we can't fully 100% prove that that is the case. So even in research, if you look at it really carefully and you look at when they're talking about bias and they're talking about lack of generalizability so you can't apply your findings to everyone, or the lack of cause and effect, you know, we we skirt around a little bit. And it's quite funny once you understand like the law of assumption, the law of belief, uh, cognitive bias, uh, confirmation bias, which is when you see things that only support your beliefs, how fascinating research becomes when you're looking at it. It's like, ah, okay, I see why those results look that way. Or I see why that came out that way. Or, you know, even if it's slightly different from what you were expecting, somehow it still supports the hypothesis in some variation. And if you did not believe in your hypothesis, so saying that, um, um, a will have an effect on B. We predict that A will have an effect on the B is the hypothesis. If you didn't believe in that hypothesis, you watch when your results say, nah, unsupported because it will happen. And I've done research where I've been like, I don't really think this is you know gonna look technically the way we think it's going to, and it doesn't. <laughs> so. It's kind of a good metaphor
0: about the algorithms um, with search results that people are fed news and data in their search results and in their social media feeds that confirm their most dominant bias. So Mm -hmm. they don't get access to diverse information. It's kind of metaphorical. If we aren't consciously changing our mindset, we are gonna continue to experience similar things and believe and and think similar things. So it Mm -hmm. is something that you have to do intentionally to shift and change it. there's one other thing you said that oh the placebo effect
1: mm-hmm, so dr
0: yes. joe dispenza talks about you are the placebo and this is a way that you can heal your body and he talks more scientifically and molecularly about this um but it's not a new concept these are ancient principles and we're mm-hmm. you know having modern teachers, although the, the people we mentioned earlier from the early 1900s, but again, that's a blink of of the eye and, um, in history, but really it is about trial and error. Like you Neville Goddard says this, you are your best, um, evidence. So (laughs) I think in some of his books, he even took out, um, Case studies, like examples, because he is like, I'll give you the concepts, but nothing is going to teach you better than your own experience. And I find that to be like that's high integrity, right? From a teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's True. one of the reasons I respect his work so much. Another mm-hmm. topic that's so important to get into is intuition. Mm-hmm. And this has caused a little bit of a stir in my world because I've always called myself an intuitive and Um, you know, people, clients specifically claim I can read their minds, or I end up saying just the right thing. Or when I used to give tarot card readings, it was just I was channeling all this information that there's no way I could have known. Um, And more recently, in astrology readings, just being able to um, assess the planetary placements in such precision, that maybe not all astrologers could. So not only are the planets, you know, doing more basic things, but I'm able to really read a lot more deeply into it for people. So is it just that I believe I'm psychic? So I'm getting those experiences? Or am I tapping into some more universal energy that moves through all things? And I have gone back and forth over the last few months, (laughs) doing my own personal research of of how am I experiencing this? What is true? And um, I'd say that intuition is there are energies and messages that we can have access to it depends the truth of it depends on our own perception of it and if we perceive something we don't like to be true we can intend for something else and I can't say this enough there is no promise that everything is going to be exactly as you intend for it and oftentimes it's because you'll get even better and with our limited human mind we can't perceive what that is because we can only think about what we've already seen happen or what we've Mm -hmm. told been told from others what's possible but there's no way our brain can perceive something we haven't already thought about before
1: yeah until it it happens.
0: happens i'd love to hear your perspective on intuition
1: well intuition i think it comes down to your beliefs again as you said, it really just depends. You know, sometimes it's nice to think that you're tapping into a wider, bigger energy because the universe is so wide. It's so big. It is so just unlimited in its potential and what there is. So how can we say that there isn't something more? We we can't even comprehend how much is out there and how many different possibilities and probabilities there are for things to happen. So to say that there isn't a higher energy or a bigger energy or source energy or a God, universe, any of those things is quite limiting. And I'm not sure why anybody would want to limit themselves in that way. It's it's almost like the comparison of mermaids. People are like, no, mermaids did not exist. It's like, have you been in the deep ocean? Have you seen some of those fish? Some of those fish are just, how could you rule out something just because you can't comprehend that there is a possibility for something outside of our our awareness to exist yeah I saw a video about mermaids the other day <laughs> so no joke
0: I've been teaching my mom about manifestation we made a list a couple of nights ago and I put mermaids on the list and I talked to her last night and she, and I had sent her the next day I'd seen in my YouTube um, feed a uh, Colbert report and in the title, it said mermaid. So I took a screenshot and sent it to her and said, does that count? And I said, yeah, it counts. And then <laughs> it's, it's to be talking about mermaids, and I, it just it's fun to have a sense of humor about it. And I think part of what gets people so s- speculative is not the right word, but so skeptical, skeptical mm-hmm. about it is this quote, would you rather be right? Or would you rather be happy? So there's so much, conditioning that you're supposed to be right or you're wrong and this Mm -hmm. happens you know as soon as we enter school when we're a kid the goal is to be correct in tests on tests when answers are asked the goal is to be correct so of Mm -hmm. course there's all these adults walking around wanting to be right because what's the alternative Mm -hmm. to be wrong and that's bad so and this is also another way that we're being invited, if we want to be consciously manifesting, to think outside of right. Mm. To think magically. And of course, uh, you can go a little bit too far where everything is magical thinking, and you're not paying attention to reality. And I always think about just the example of an abusive person, if you're in an abusive relationship, and the person's about to hit you, and you're just, I'm intending for them to not hit me, I'm intending for them not to hit me. And it's like, you've got to be practical. Like you have to mm-hmm. take action. You are in this physical body, in this 3D world. Um, but we do have much more sway over it than we think. And even these little ideas like, hey, mom, let's come up with a manifestation lesson and put silly things like a mermaid on it. You don't really think to do that. That's just, you know, not normal. So there are these tips and techniques to get familiar with it. So you can start practicing it so that you can see that it works. Um mm-hmm. I had said to her that day that we should manifest a purple car. And she she thought this was so silly. My mom's in her late 70s. And um, I think I suggested to her we start watching this series together. And a few episodes in, there's an episode on on the whole episode about a purple car. So not only did the purple car show up, but it was spoken out loud, the purple car. And there's a million ways you could say, oh, that's just a coincidence. But that's why you do a lot of it to see that, you know, it's not just coincidence at some point. There's really a synchronicity happening. And it's fun to live that way, mm. right? For me, that's my perspective.
1: I agree with that. And, you know, why can't life be magical? When uh, I was writing about this the other day, I'm writing a book on authenticity and it's related to positive psychology, well being, manifestation, and purpose and I was just writing when did someone say to us that we had to drop living magically and start living seriously in in such a serious negative way though like I think the example I gave was why did they decide that movies where violence and aggression and abuse is okay after a certain age who decided that your childhood ends here? And from now on, it will be struggle and it will be heartbreak and it will be violence and you can see all the bad things in the world. You know, when did that happen? And in the terms of manifestation, living magically, being right. The only reason we are wanting to be right is because everybody else is. And that is because they don't know any differently. We go through school and we're told to get good grades. If you get good grades, you get into a good university. If you get into a good university, you get a good job. And when you get a good job, you have money and then you will be happy. And why? Why are we taught this? Because they are telling us this and because they were told that. They don't know any different and we didn't know any different until one day we sit down and we're thinking, huh, you know what, maybe there is something more or maybe there is a connection between me and the world that I'm experiencing. And maybe money isn't the only thing that can make you happy, because I think the example I gave was, have you ever been on a train on a Monday morning going into the city? Who is happy on that train? Nobody. Nobody wants to be there. Everybody is thinking about the weekend and the next holiday, the summer holidays. Because we are all just conditioned into this very one specific perception of what life should be. So anything out of that suddenly feels delusional and it feels magical and it feels amazing, but it feels wrong. (laughs) It feels like, oh, no, can I have success if I'm not working hard? And, oh, should I be thinking that I can have that much of an effect on my life when generally before we're told that we don't? It all comes down to... The things we have been told and the things that we've been told that we should be experiencing and we should be right by following those things.
0: And it probably is the desire to be right that drives people to divination because they want to have a sense of what's what and get an, as many details or data as possible so that they can have the illusion of control Um, so that in terms of making up a decision they feel like they can you know there's less likelihood that they'll make the wrong decision so in terms of divination right it it in a one way it can be disempowering because we can create outside of it right we can step over it but in another way it is empowering because it lets us know where we're at in the moment um it's a diagnostic tool and we're going to see what we're ready to see. And we're going to see through the lens that we've got on. And mm-hmm. when we are being conscious and mindful about what it is that we want to know, like, or what, what it is that we want to, where we want to function from the, the mind we want to have the concept of self we are striving for, then those tools can be used as a platform to grow from, mm-hmm. um, And then, of course, it depends who's looking at it, if they're perceiving it as uh, good news (laughs) or bad news or good traits or bad traits. But everything is changeable. Mm
1: -hmm. And that's so important to understand that everything is changeable, but also that we can accept and reject any information that we are presented with. You know, any thought that we have doesn't have to be truth until we're just like, oh, you know what? Yeah. I quite like that I think that can stay instead of you know not having a good thought or not having a good reading like a tarot reading or astrology reading and just taking it on board as the next few weeks are going to be really difficult because astrology told me and in a way you can be like okay if you believe in astrology in the sense of that will be right you prepare yourself you're like okay if it's going to be a difficult next few weeks because I have faith in what this reading has given me then I'm going to go for it the best of my ability I'm going to enjoy every single day I'm going to find something that I do that brings me joy if this is going to be difficult alternatively you can look at it and be like okay you know what no (laughs) I believe in it when it's positive and it's benefiting me and that is fine which is lovely to have something that reflects back to you positive things and tarot and astrology both can do that. And witchcraft as well can also do that. Witchcraft, is such an interesting word because it has so much stigma around it.
0: (laughs) And it it is just
1: consciously creating through words. And I think I said to my mum a while ago, technically isn't manifestation what would have been a witchcraft? Like back in the day, if someone came to you and said, you know what, I intend it's going to be sunny tomorrow and it actually was sunny the next day. You might be burnt at the stake for that. And my mum was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) There was no more conversation about it. We just both said, yeah. (laughs) And that was the end of the topic because it was just so fascinating how something that was so taboo back in the day has become so prevalent in like manifestation and law of attraction and law of assumption. So all of the people that were doing the witch trials must be turning in their graves like, oh no, we failed at everything we were trying to do because here in 2023, everybody's manifesting left, right and center.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it, it was, it is looked down upon by those who are not willing, right? Those who are not willing to see their own power, mm-hmm. and and that goes with um you know any racism or genderism or any stereotype or or um hate hate is from not understanding another or from feeling intimidated by another um, or mm-hmm. threatened by another, and so finding a way. I mean, it'd be beautiful just to see everyone. Focusing on the good, right? What mm-hmm. what a world that we'd be in if everyone were thinking the best of others, thinking the best of themselves, really, because any hate or crime is really a reflection of suffering within that individual.
1: It's true. That is so very, very true. It's an act
0: of love to manifest mm-hmm. consciously.
1: It is. And it's teaching to be pro. A good thing mm-hmm. not anti a negative thing <laughs> that's a lot of things and affirmations to say like uh, I don't want to I don't want to be in this situation anymore so okay you've said that you've defined that you don't want this what do you want you're being pro what you want you're being pro good things and I think it's Mother Teresa that says she'll always be pro peace never anti-war or something of that mm. of that similarity and I understand it now because if you're anti-something it's enhances the presence of that thing you can't be anti something that isn't there you know you can be pro-peace and have an abundance of peace but if you're anti-war then there's an abundance of war and you have to be against it I completely understand the perspective shift that that provides in terms of people saying I am worthy I am good enough I am doing really well not I'm not failing anymore because then there's the presence of failure it's such a different perspective shift that is really really healthy in manifestation and law of assumption and even law of attraction
0: (laughs) yeah it's generative it's loving gosh I think we've covered a lot are there any other pieces you feel like you'd like to share
1: I think it has been a lovely journey I think we could go on talking about this (laughs) for ages I think it's a starting point
0: I think it's a good overview of a bunch of different aspects of manifestation of course Mm -hmm. we've kind of glazed over each topic we've we've mentioned and um Mm -hmm. forgive me if any of my numbers or historical facts were incorrect um but I just wanted to share um and have Ailey share her perspective of What is a healthier, more balanced approach to manifestation? Um, Mm -hmm. And to invite you to, like you said, like take what works, leave the rest and allow it to be um, an exploration process. So you can start with little things like making lists, like I mentioned, and just see what shows up Mm -hmm. and build your belief in yourself and manifestation through your own practice. Yeah. So things will show up in the most bizarre ways sometimes, like you talking about a mermaid, or I think you told me that days before I invited you to join me, you said you intended to to your friends that you'd like to be invited on a podcast. Yeah. So, you know, the proof is in the pudding, they say, and with Mm -hmm. repetition um, comes more belief. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we we're living this life. So might as well make it more fun and more comforting and more enjoyable. And this is one way that that hopefully you can achieve it. So if you have any more questions, please reach out to either one of us. If you're interested in working with Ailey, she offers one-on-one coaching over Skype and through email. And she sells gratitude journals and planners on Amazon or through her website. So if you want any of these goodies or you wanna connect with Ailey more, I've linked her information in the show notes, and I just want to thank you, Ailey, for bringing forth your experience and your education and your warmth and intelligence. It's always a pleasure to talk to you.
1: Thank you. It's been a pleasure talking to you as well, and thank you for inviting me. This has been so fun. I like podcasts now.
0: <laughs> awesome. I, I I love when people come on the show nervous and they
1: leave wanting to do more. My job is done. Your job Uh, is done. And you did a great job.
0: (laughs) Well, thank you. Um, it's been a while since I did an episode. So a little rusty, but um authentic as always, unfiltered as always. And I hope Mm -hmm. that this uh episode reached the people that it will benefit the most. And um signing off for now, you guys know where to find us, and happy manifest. Okay. Thank you for listening and becoming part of this community. If you love this episode, I invite you to subscribe, share with someone you think would appreciate it, or leave a review. This helps me to learn what resonates with you so I can deliver more of what you want and reach more people who can benefit from this content. If you want to reach me, please feel free to reach out on my website, www.bekkaspirit.com. I would love to hear from you, get any feedback, and know what's on your mind. Until next time, take great care.